Cheetah Point there before he made that band, that first band in 1901, whatever it was, I don't, I don't have the, my notes here. Uh, they were playing with Pupi Campo band. Before Tito Puente became a band leader, his last, the last band he played with was Pupi Campo. And in that band, Tito Puente decides to take five guys to make his band. It's my father, who was playing bongos with Pupi Campo, Jimmy Fritzaura, Tito Puente, Vitin Aviles, the singer, and Al Escobar, the piano player. Five guys. It took those five guys and he made his first band. Wow. So Jimmy was with Tito from the very, very beginning. Yeah, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what year did he pass away? Remember? Jimmy, shit, was in the nineties because uh, I was just looking at some pictures. Somebody sent me a, a new batch that I had never seen. When Tito got the star in Hollywood, yeah, Jimmy was still there, and that was ninety something. And I, I have all my notes not in front of me here. Okay, but in the nineties, man. He 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 uh, he had a stroke. He got sick. He got a little better. He played a little bit, and then he got sick again, and then he passed away. Wow. Yeah. And then when then when that happened, you know, then Tito said, "You know, Johnny, you know, it's, it's on you now. It's on you." So the night that I did the, that whole, but he did. I did the same thing. I was playing with the band and doing the road managing and making the calls and doing the shit. You know. Mm-hmm. Mambo in the city salsa podcast here today with. The great DJ Broadway and a very special edition of Mambo in the City. Yes, very special tonight. Oh, yeah. Broadway, how you feeling, Broadway? How you feeling, man? I'm feeling good, man. I'm feeling, I'm feeling good about the guests that we're bringing on, who I've, who I've known for a long time and many, many a long nights. There you go, bro. This individual. <laughs> many wanna, a long nights. We want to let you know that <clears throat> today's Mambo in the City podcast is brought to you by the autobiography of Martin Cohen. You know, like, photographer Martin Cohen... Uh, his book is available via the LP website. Pick it up. Some amazing photos in here, including our guests, which we'll, we'll get to in a few. And also, we'll show you some photos from the Martin Cohen uh, autobiography of Martin Cohen. So, pick this up, man. This is a, it's a Bible, bro. This is it. You know, A to Z. All right? Yeah. No doubt. No doubt. Sabroso. What do you got over there, bro, to bring in our guests? What, what to bring in our guests? Uh, something that I guess he was on, God knows... In the year of what? So let's let's see, let's see, let's see what I got ready here. Oh, come on, come Guys, welcome, welcome to... Welcome, 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 welcome. Bienvenido, bienvenidos. I haven't heard that in a long time, brother. <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds good. Welcome, welcome to the Mambo in the City podcast, El Legendario. How you doing, guys? John good. Dandy Rodriguez. Yes, sir. Thank you, man. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Really appreciate this, man. It's a pleasure, yeah, like John. Said, we spend many... And I think the last time you and I worked together might have been Lizette's wedding. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's wedding, yeah, about two years ago at the at the Eastwood? No, 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 Maestros, Maestros. Yes, sir. Yeah, 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 mm-hmm. yeah. Yes, sir, man. So let's kick it off. John, how you doing, man? How how How's this uh, pandemic been for you this, this whole time? You know, how are you getting through it? You know, how you uh how you maintaining yourself? I'm doing okay, man. You know, I really miss... Uh, being on the stage, you know, that's, I've been doing that all my life. And, uh, I'm actually teaching now. 
I'm teaching online. My son really convinced me to give uh, you know bongo lessons online, and it's working out pretty nice, man. I have about 12, 13 students. Wow. About 12 steady setting and one guy every once in a while. And I'm busy. I'm keeping busy. And then I've also uh, got involved big time with the help of my dear friend, Gilberto Santa Rosa. We've been sharing uh, vintage photos, man. I got this group with my friend uh, Dave Romero, a fellow uh, Las Vegas here. And we created this uh, vintage photo group. And I'm having a ball doing that, uh, sharing pictures from the 30s, 40s, 50s, a lot of black and white photos from Cuba and the bands back in the day, you know, from my roots. Uh, my father had a great collection. So I've been putting all these pictures from the Palladium from the 50s, 60s, and just a lot of good stuff. So I've been keeping busy. I mean, but I miss the stage. I miss playing. I miss my friends, you know. I, you know, I, I had a schedule and a half right before this thing happened. Same here, same here. Yeah, you know, guys, I, you know, I, yeah, you too, bro. You're playing all these clubs. Yeah. I was playing with, I had four bands going at the same time, brother. You know, I was doing my Bolletti, Steve, got New York Palladium, Dream Team. So if not Monday was here, Tuesday was here, Wednesday was here, Thursday was here. And, and I don't live in New York, and I was doing this in New York. I live in Vegas. So I was going to New York every two weeks and staying 10, 12 days, 14 days, come back to Vegas for a week, go back. I've been doing that for the last eight, nine, ten years, man, you know? But the last couple of years got really, really busy for me. So it was a shock, man. Hey, I mean, total, total shock. I mean, you know, when that thing hit in March, and I got called from everybody and their mother saying, hey, sorry, the gigs that once you do the one for this, it's canceled. Yeah. Canceled. They tried to postpone the date for a little four, five months later. Cancel. Lehman College. We had this big Joe for September that just passed. So, so I've been keeping busy. I mean, but I miss the stage. I miss playing. I heard an echo. What was that? You're there. Go ahead. You're there. You're okay. Here. As I was saying, uh, uh, we had the show for September. Uh, Mambo Legends with Andy Montañez wow. at, uh, at Lehman. Wow. And uh, it didn't, didn't happen. Didn't happen. I mean, I had tons of stuff for the summer. All canceled. You know, the people are trying to reschedule for this summer, but they're saying put this date down, but put it down with a question mark because you yeah, don't know what's going on. Question mark. Yep. Yeah, put it. You don't know. You don't know. I mean, right now, we don't know. I mean, all the all the summer gigs, the, the beaches, Orchard Beach, the parks. Man, you know, you know, you know, you know what we, what we guys what we do in New York, man. <laughs> so it was a total shock to the brain, to the soul, to everything, man. You know, so. But I'm doing it, so trying to survive and keep my sanity by at least playing a little bit at home, teaching young guys and older guys lessons, and um, interchanging these photos with my old friends. Man. And that's that's what I'm doing. And that's it. Way, way to get out, just like you know, you do, you do yep. guys, man. So speaking of New York City and 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 the madness of New York City, you know, let's talk about your upbringing. You know, you you were in El Barrio, um, so. Right. You know, um, where, did, where did your where did where did you guys live in, in Spanish Harlem? Uh, on 109th Street between Madison and Fifth, Ooh. right in the middle of the block, right in the heart of the block. I mean, then I, I was born 1945, and uh, during those days, my dad was part of the Jose Cubero band and stuff. That you know, that was prime time with the mambo scene, 40s and 50s. You know, that's when uh, 
there was so many clubs downtown, and you know, and then body was swinging. You know, I remember in body as a young kid, and you know, six, seven, eight years old, playing handball on the street. And, you know, you, your mother was sending you to go to to the bodega to buy something. You heard music coming out of the grocery store. You heard another type of music coming out of, out of the meat market. Uh, you walked into the clean. There's a guy had you know trios on. You know, so much variety of music in that body, you know. So it definitely was a spot to to, to grow up in, you know. And it, it turns out that so many musicians came out of it, mm-hmm. so Do later, you remember, later, do you remember later seeing... Became, later became pros, you know. Do you remember seeing particular musicians, you know, because I know Pete Nader lives next to me and, and you know, we have, you know... Uh, yeah. So who, who did you see growing up in, in the well, neighborhood? Well, my, my building was 20 East 109th Street. I was on the left side of the street. Across the street from me, which is the odd number, I think it was 21... Uh, I used to see him every day come out with his big bass. Julian Dino, which is the bass player for Tito Rodriguez originally. He played with Pacheco. He played with you know, many, many, many bands. Uh, and then the next building, there was a singer. They used to call him Mr. Estilo. His name was Rufredo Figueroa. Mm. Big, big back in the day. Cabro Heño, or, you know, all the, uh, the the Latin, the more Latin clubs, you know, the up- uptown uptown uh, Broadway clubs up there. Havana San Juan. Happy Hill Casino, Cabo Angel. That was a whole other circuit. That wasn't the Palladium circuit. That was a, a, a whole different scene. And it was a lot of people. And then just walking around the street, you know, and, and there was Roombas. There was people, you know, banging on, on, on fenders of the cars. Man, it was so much uh, energy as far as music. It was, like I said, it was the place to to grow up, to be to definitely to be a percussionist. So where did where did you learn how to play percussion? Just was you and your dad? Was where, well, it was always in my house background, you know. But I, I, and I went to Patrick Henry, which was right in front of Boys Harbor, 133. Mm. Cool. I'm, you I'm went right to there. you went to Patrick Henry High School, Junior High School, Junior High School. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I went first to PS 108, right on Madison and 108 Street. Then when I went to Junior High School, you know, they asked you what instruments and so you want to play, and I applied for drums. So I, I was playing drums in the Junior High School band. So my first gig. And my first instrument was really timbale. I was playing drums and timbale. But the bomb was in Roma. That was always in my house through my dad. And my, you know, my dad had tons of musicians always at our house. My dad, back in the day, my dad had one of the better hi-fis before stereo, you know, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. hi-fis, okay? You remember that word, hi-fi? You know? <laughs> so people, you know, I remember people coming up to the house to hear the 78s, not now, but to hear the 78s. All the 45s, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know you know, bro. Mm-hmm. So, so, yeah, so I, we, you know, my house was surrounded with music and, and, and musicians. So it was always there. It was always there. Then my, you know, my mother was a good Palladium style dancer. You know, everybody knows about my mom dancing and stuff. So it was just around me, man. It was just around me, you know. And then my, you know, my dad played with Puente. I told you, they, you know, I was telling you before we started the show that they, 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 before Tito made his first band, they were playing together with the Pupi Campo band. And when Tito decides to make his band to leave, he takes five guys from that Pupi Campo band, which were Vitin Aviles, the singer, my dad, Al Escobar, piano player, uh, Jimmy Frizzato, which became his, uh, his right hand man, you know, in life, you know? Mm-hmm. And then they made their first band, you know, uh, what's their band. So your, your parents are from 
Um, New York. They were born in New York also. They were born in New York. My, my grandparents were born, were born in New York. What part of, what part of Puerto Rico? Uh, my mother's side, they were from, from, from uh, Old San Juan, the area of Old San Juan. Okay. Down there. My father's side, they were from uh, Caguas. Caguas. Yeah, Caguas, yeah. My dad's right from Caguas. So I, 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 I hear through your travels that in, in 1962, huh? I hear through your travels in 1962, uh-huh. was, a, was a big year for you, 1962. That was, yeah, that, that was, really it was, man. You know, I, I was still like at 62, I was 17 years old, you know? Right. And, and uh, I was playing already timbale with a local group in town, a band called Oriental Cubana, not the real Oriental from Cuba. Right, I know, yeah. Local local society band, a bunch of older Cubans copying like a Benny Moret style band. And they were here in New York, but a lot of Cubans from, from back in those days. And they used to play on Saturdays at the Hotel Taft. Hotel Taft was a swinging spot on Saturday nights. You know, back in the day, we played a lot of hotels downtown, okay? <laughs> but you don't do it any, anymore. It would dance, and people would rent the rooms and play Hotel Taft. So on Saturdays, it would be either Machito. Rodriguez or Puente and the Oriental Cubana. They were like the house band. They had they would they would play a little bit of everything. They played Danzón, they Paso Doble, they played a little bit of everything. Typical Cuban society band. As a matter of fact, what I tell you that though was part of that band also. <laughs> yeah. So I'm playing Timbala with this band as a tab. So lucky for me, during that period, Puente had dropped the bongo player in the band. Okay? Uh, the last bongo player before Puente was a guy named Chicky Perez, and then for every reason he 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 went when Eddie made the uh, La Perfecta, and Puente stayed with no bongo player. So Santito Colon would play the bell and play the wheel, mm-hmm. no bongo. So now I'm 16, going on 17, and I'm playing my gig with this band on Antin Valley, or you know, and I you know and I noticed no bongo player, so I asked Jimmy. And, you know, and, and who knows me from like, when I was a baby, because of my father, they all worked together. So, Jimmy, would you mind if I bring my bongos or, or, or a pair of bongos? I didn't even have a pair of bongos. I'll bring my dad's bongos. <laughs> and, 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 and sitting with you guys, so, you know, so I, could, I could learn, I could practice. I, you know, I mean, I won't bother. I said, I won't bother, you know? So, and it happened. So, I would take the subway with my team bottle, you know, and everybody, and a little bag of, of bongo that he had with this little strap yet, and go do my gig. So I would play my, I would play my gig with that Cuban band, and on my break, I was sitting with Puente. Beautiful. Okay? So just, you know, beginning, just fooling around <laughs> a little bit, you know, just getting a little bit. I, I knew, more or less, and because I played drums, I had no problem playing the bell. I knew what the bell had, what pattern had to be played, whatever, you know. And it worked out fine. And then the next time they played, two or three weeks later, I brought the bongos again. And I did that for about three or four weeks. But between that, I really went home and started woodshedding and getting into the bongo thing. I said, okay, I got it. I got a chance here to, to you know, to, uh, you know, uh, 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 to learn how to play bongos with the Tito Puente band. Beautiful. And that, yeah. that turned into a major, major opportunity for you. Yeah, because, because what happened, uh, Adrian, about maybe... Two months later, I mean, I really got into it. I really started going checking out different bongo players and listening to records and stuff. And, you know, I actually remember I, I got, I, I picked it up fast. 
I picked it up fast, you know. I mean, it's in, in the blood already, so my dad, whatever, you know, I picked it up pretty fast. Mm-hmm. So I remember one night, and I'll never forget this ever, you know, ever, that they were, we were packing up, you know, I had sat in with Quinte, you know, and I'm hearing conversations from the de, de Lejo, from far away. Yeah, to, uh, tomorrow, uh, Saturday at the LaGuardia, the team, the team, the team, the team, the team, I'm hearing all from far, but I'm you know I'm a I'm a youngster. I had just turned 17 years old, you know. Mm-hmm. And Jimmy, the guy in charge, comes over to me. He's Dandy. They call me. They call me Dandy. Uh, we're going to Puerto Rico on Sunday. Would you want to go? That's this guy. Yeah, that's him. That's the man. That's the man that made it possible for me, brother. Okay, you know. Yeah. And and he tells me we're going to PR. You know, we're going to go. And I didn't tell you. That by the last couple of times that I that I sat in, him, uh, uh, him, Jimmy, excuse me, uh, gave me gave me a few bucks at the end of the night. Mirabella. Yeah, yeah you, know, you know, he didn't give me maybe the, what the guys got, but he threw me something, you know, uh, out of appreciation. Okay. Wow. And then, then I, 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 my answer to him when he told me that, I said, "Well." I got. I got to ask my mother. I was still living with my mother and father. Right. You know, still living. My, still living at home. I, I yeah. was a kid, man. You know, I was yeah. a kid. And I asked. Her, you know, I told my mother. When I got home, excited, and she's of course jump on it, jump on it, jump on it. And I did the trip. I came back. I stayed with Puente. Immediately, um, you know, five months later, they're gonna go to the studio. Hmm. To record that album, Excitante Ritmo, which has Juventude Presente, Bomba Tono. All those uh, two souls, and that's my first record with Tito. That's it, brother. Here it is. So let's yeah. let's let's take a let's take a uh, let's take a, a memory lane to this uh, first album. This is Johnny Rodriguez on Bongo. Yeah. So, Johnny, how old are you when you... Um, <laughs> I was 17. I think I turned... September. I, I, I think when I first started doing the gigs, before I did that trip, I was 16 going on 17. When, when I did that actual gig, I think I already had turned 17 years old, you know? Now what was it like? You're a kid, 17 years old, okay? And now you've been invited to record... With Tito Puente, what was it like? What was your first impression when you walked into the studio? <laughs> it, it, it was amazing. It's something I, these these moments I'm talking about, I'll never forget ever in my life, man. You know, because these were the first things that happened to me. Right. You know, this is this these were my my door openers, man. You know, that opportunity that Jimmy says, you know, you could come and sit in, bring your bongos. When he asks me to to go to Puerto Rico, you know, and then we talk about going to the studio. When I when I hear them telling the guys at the end of the band, tomorrow at A&R studio at 48 Street, blah, 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 And then Jimmy comes to me and says, Johnny, tomorrow be that. I said, whoa. <laughs> so, me too, you know? I'm, 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 I'm a beginner, but by then, now we're talking about five months later, I, I was playing already. I was playing. I mean, I, I really went out and did my homework. I was listening to all the bongo players from Cuba. I was going to, you know, 
to see. Um, I was standing in front of Mungo, standing in front of this guy, standing in front of this guy. I was I was doing my homework, you know. I was I was I was out there making sure I uh, I, I learned, you know. <laughs> and how and you said how I felt. It was amazing, uh, uh, bro. It was amazing because here I am sitting down as a kid next to Bobby Rodriguez. And these are monsters, man. You know, Jim Lopez, you know, sitting next to Tito. Forget about it. Santito was in his prime. Santito was in his prime, man, you know. But this is a monstrous band, you know. You know, And it was an opportunity and a half, man, you know. And I played it. I, I recorded it. You know, I, 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 I always tell this story. I don't know. You know I, I, I could get, I'll make it short. I really wasn't happy of my first recording. I wasn't, you know, happy with the uh, tuning of my bongos. I was just learning. And after I got home, I was waiting so much for this album to come out. I heard the tuning, and I heard the tuning a little high. But something that I learned, I learned from that particular experience. Then the second album I do, which is Mucho Puente, Plenty Puente, has Bambanquere and a few things like that. That was the next album. No, no, it's another one with uh Wait, wrong one. Sorry, Johnny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had the same name. It is Mucho Puente, Plenty Puente. Ah, okay. Yeah. I'm going to look for that one. Now, now when, you went in the, when you went in the studio for the first time, for the first album, did you know the tunes going in? Oh, no, no. Well, a couple of because a couple of them we were playing during the, uh, during the time out the band. Okay. okay. Something that would bring on the spot, rehearse wow. to the studio, and bam. Wow. You know? But some they would start playing during the gigs a week or two before, you know, a week or two before, right. and then they go to the studio, you know. But it, it, you know, it was it was it was a amazing experience, man. Amazing experience. I was so happy. I was so nervous. Nervous in a nice way, not nervous, scared, but nervous in a nice way because it was it was uh, it was pressure. You know, I mean, you know. That chair, playing Mongols and Puente, with Willie Bobo have played there for years. And you know, all these heavy duties have played there. Mongo, Willie, you know, these, these are the guys that, that belong to those bands for all those years, man, you know? So then, we, you know, people always buy records and check out, let me, let me check out the Conga player, check out the Mongo player. And here I'm, you know, young young kid. But it was okay, you know, I mean, I I, I felt I did 85%. I, you know, I would have liked to do, do 100. I felt 85% was cool. I had never no problem with the bell. It was just uh, that particular record. I was disappointed with the tuning of the bongos. But then I heard it. I spoke to my compadre, which is Papi Calabrico. The conga player was in the band during that time. Hmm. He, he gave me some advice, man. And for that second album, forget about it. I had it down. And that's now, what I, now, as far as those musicians, when you went in for the first time, did they treat you with respect? Or who is this kid? Who is who is this guy? Did they give you any any kind of grief like that? Who is this? No, guy? no, because I was already with the band, and they all knew my mother and father. You know, I already had been, you know, it, as much as I wasn't part of that band, they knew my history through my mother and father. A lot of them called me a little baby. Got you it. know, my dad just hang with everybody, so it was it wasn't a, a strange person. Got it. Okay. You know, that's why I say I always give credit to my mother and father because of their friendship with everybody. It opened the doors for me. You know, it made it easier for me. Right. You know, so so it, yeah, it, it was definitely an experience and a half, uh, bro. Wow. And, and, and you know, the, the major thing for me, and I remember, and I, I don't say it to brag, but immediately right after that, you know, after that second album, now I'm now I'm eighteen. 
I started recording with Joe Fugle and Laplace and with everybody. <laughs> I, I picked it up fast, man. I really got into it. I started going home, listening to my Tito records. I was a big fan of my white senior mm -hmm. albums of Kenya. Those my Tito albums from years back. And I was really listening to that and looking for that beautiful sound on the bongo, you know. And, uh, you know, the rest is history. I mean, you know, here I am. I'm still playing. I never stopped, I never stopped playing since then, brother. Wow. So I know you did the, the Tito Puente. Now, how did you get to Tito Rodriguez? How did that happen? Oh, well, before you go to, before we, we me, me, bro, we and, and Johnny are in a boat right now. <laughs> We're paddling away. <laughs> and it's getting deeper. <laughs> but before we go into the sharks, <laughs> tell, them, tell, tell these guys about the first time you traveled with Tito Puente. Mm. Yeah. Uh, as far as what? As far as traveling with the band to perform someplace else for the very first time. Well, I can give you two. Uh, let me give you a, a, a cute story. Of, of Right after that first trip that I went to Puerto Rico, mm -hmm. the next trip was a trip to California. Ooh. A place called the Virginia. It's a club called Virginia's Swinging Club. It was like the Corso of L.A. back in the day. The 60s, you know. 60s, uh, L.A. was swinging. They had this guy called Chico Sesma. We used to do these shows called Mambo Mambo Holidays. Wow. They were They would bring all the bands from. They had Aragon there. They had Benny Moore there. Yeah, yeah. This guy, this guy was bringing all the heavy heavy to California. <laughs> but I, I won't go Puente, you know. So two things cute about that uh, that story. First, oh, we didn't get to, we didn't get to. <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't know if you guys know that but we left New York to California. I went to high school in California. Wow. Wow. Yeah, I don't think we missed a we missed a major part of my, of my life, but <laughs> yeah. So I, I I told you about junior high school. Yeah, I told you about playing here. But before that, I had moved with my dad. My dad got the gig with Stan Kenton. Mm. Stan Kenton, oh, Stan Kenton, yeah. And our whole band, our whole family moved to California. Mm. Okay, so I used to go to Palladium in Hollywood wow. with my father, and he was playing with bands like Rene Toussaint, these bands from California. I, me and my friend Louis, we used to carry my dad's coconuts and go see the band. But but what I was trying to say before, California, the liquor uh, lords were very strict, 21 years old, mm. to, to drink liquor. New York was always 18. California, the West Coast was 21. They were very strict, man. Okay? So what I was trying to say is trying to experience the traveling. When we get to this club in California called Virginia's, we go in the afternoon to unload instruments and stuff, you know, like a mini sound check in the afternoon before the night gig. So I'm, I'm walking on my bongos, you know, everybody's walking in, going to the stage, you know. And the lady owner, the lady named Jackie, a uh, uh, Jewish lady with a lot of, lot of bucks, <laughs> she sees me walking in. Now, this is my second trip. I, I'm still, I'm 17 years old, man. And, and walking into a club, you have to be 21. Right. To, to have liquor, you know. And this, in California, uh, uh, 2 o'clock, 145, last call, last call. Mm. Take a drink out of your hand, brother. They take it out of your hand. Mm. That's how big California was back in those days, you wow. know. So I walk in with my bongo, and this lady sees me, and she's looking at the guy. She's, she's staring at me. And she, and she goes to Jimmy, which is the guy in charge, Jimmy Pizarro. What's this? What's what, what's this kid doing here? <laughs> there we yeah. go. I mean, now, we, now we're talking. I mean, I, 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 I mean, you know, what's this kid doing here? I mean, that's my bongo player. 
Oh, no, no, no. How old are you? <laughs> I said, 18. I couldn't lie. I couldn't say I was 21. I didn't look like 21. You know? I said, 18. I was really 17. So no. This kid can't. And then they got they got into a thing. These people went to walking into walking into the place, man, you know? <clears throat> so, make a long story short, said, I'll let him play mm. tonight. I'll let him play tonight. You make sure when he finishes this first set, he goes into the kitchen and he sits down in the kitchen. Wow. He can't he can't walk around here. He can't mingle with his people. I lose my liquor license and they shut this club down. Wow. Yeah, I mean, she was she was she was hard, you know, you know, and uh, and uh, just like that, just like she said, I played my first set, the first one only. Right, go in the back of the kitchen, right? But then I, <laughs> then I played. We played the second. Back in the day, it was three sets, so it was gigs, you know. Yeah, that's right. Yep. So, I, so I come back, I do my second set. So now, now I'm I'm looking at people, you know, back in the day, young kid flirting with people, you know. I said, I ain't going back in the damn kitchen, you know. <laughs> so so I, I made sure I didn't, couldn't see her, she couldn't see me, and I, and I went in the back and, and and told one of the guys, you know, get me a beer or whatever it was, you know. And I I I you know I started mingling, and I noticed that she saw me, and that was cool. I mean, I, I I didn't make I didn't uh, let people know I was there. I was just, I, I was hiding, but I was in the club now. Right. Okay? Mm-hmm. You know? Then she didn't say nothing. She didn't say nothing. I, I played my last set. I came out. I went to the bar. Mm-hmm. You okay. know? The bar was freezing. I saw a bunch of girls. I went to the bar. And I hung out. And, and she became my buddy. Mm-hmm. And I, I took over that damn club. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. from, from, no, he can't come in here, you know. That was that's one of my experiences with, with, uh, with you know what took a liking to you wow. in, the, in the beginning, brother. You know, so the, the the second tour was to Puerto Rico for the Tamacan, yeah. right? Was yeah. that? Yeah, that was a, yeah. That, that the Tamacan opened uh, a chain in all the plazas in Puerto Rico, all the different towns. They had you know, little malls and stuff, you know. And now Tamacan comes to Puerto Rico for the first time. Now this is Tom McCann, the shoe company, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember? Yeah, okay. uh, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. They, they weren't in Puerto Rico. I'm trying not to show my age. So that's okay. I got it. Yeah, yeah. So they were the sponsors for a Puente tour. Wow. To promote their shoes in every town in Puerto Rico. So now let me let me ask you this, Johnny. During this time that you're touring with, with Puente in Puerto Rico, yeah. uh-huh. what, what's on the menu in terms of music? What's what's Tito Puente playing during this era? Oh, that, that that first those first years that uh, uh, that first album those first album plus all some of the old stuff. But he was we were playing Barbara Batiri, Juventud, Ivonne Basono, Santito was singing. El que usted conoce no soy yo. The boleros were the uh, Tus Ojos, Te wow. Desafío. Remember that's what, that's the days that Tito was playing vibes. So we would play. Uh, he would play a lot of vibes. You know, he would have, always have a fair vibe. Uh, 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 delivered for him, you know, to, for, for, for things, you know. Uh, always, always instrumental. Tito always stuck in an instrumental or two, mm. you know. And his team by numbers, either uh, Rankin Gang or Paul Romero or Wawako Margarito, you know, was sticking a, 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 a drum number, you know. And Santito was a major part of the band, so he sang sometimes two boleros in a set, wow. you know. How yeah, strong? Yeah, how yeah, strong? That was, that was popular back then, you know. How strong was was Puente next to you on those on those timbales in his in his in oh, no, no. you know? 
know, remember, guys, this is 1962. We're, Tito's, in, Tito's in his prime, brother. You wow. know? You know, 62, uh, I would have to get a pencil. How old Tito would have been? But he'd definitely be 40s or 50s, you know, as far as age, you know? He was in his prime. Tito was playing his butt off during those days, you know? Uh, speedy, fast, creative uh, monsters. And, and, you know, Tito was riding his butt off, man. And the band was swinging. The band was swinging. You know, Tito, Tito's had good and bad bands during the years. I've seen a couple of bad bands appointed where he brought in mediocre guys, mediocre singer or whatever, you know. But that particular band that that I was with, with Bobby Rodriguez, Santito, you know, great, great horn players. The section the horn players, that's when Pucci Belong was in the band, <laughs> and, and Gil Lopez and, and Ray Santo. It's great, great musicians, man. So it's a great band. And Tito's, Tito's bow pattern was something sick. I know we're going to move on to... Oh no, Tito's bell pattern. He he went to a little period there. We were doing that, that like a little double mambo bell. I mean, he went to many uh, different changes in playing during the years. You know, yeah. Yeah, at the end, because then he really got into doing coro. He loved to do. He did a lot of stuff to him and Santito, two voices. Yes, him and they sang a lot together, a lot of stuff. You know, <clears throat> and. Uh, uh, I Carino, for example, I Carino, that's that's yeah. Tito Santo. Yeah. Yeah. So, 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 so Tito, I mean, back in the day, remember, played in all the clubs with one microphone in front for that band. Right. It was three guys, that's right, that's right. It was three guys like this. Look, <laughs> it would be the singer, uh, uh, the singer, the conga player, and, and Tito. They'll put that one mic, and those three heads, those three heads. Will be close to each other to grab hog that one microphone. Okay? So then all of a sudden I see that Tito, because of that position that he's playing now, he's slanting, now he's playing less the, the big bell and doing big bell patterns on the little small cha cha bell. Because it was easier for him to play that position. You know? Wow. So he, so he went to a period where he started playing a lot where he should have normally played on the big bell. The same pattern, but on the little bell, a convenience to do coro. So now we're going to move into, and which is, which hearing this is incredible because who who knew what it was like to be inside to go? A lot of people talk about the Palladium, Johnny, but a lot of them weren't there. <laughs> I know, bro. I was there. You're a musician that was in the Palladium. You can tell people what it was like inside, what it smelled like, what the people were like. <laughs> you know, you can tell, you can talk about the Palladium. You know, and it's it's well to start off with the the sound. It yeah, was that's, that's my question. That's my question. The sound was great, man. You know, the sound of the bongos. Remember, we're talking about an era where was one mic in front, maybe maybe one mic for the saxophone, and one for the trumpet, and that was it, man. That's, that's right. It. And this is when I first came in the band '62. The bass player didn't even have the amp yet. He <laughs> played the big bass. In a corner to get the most bass possible. That's right. That's right. In a corner of, of, of a room. Okay? So I saw all that, man. You know, then later, Ampeg and everybody started bringing their, their big boxes and stuff. And then, you know, then they started using amplification. But, you know, it sounded so good to play there. When you play bongos and conga, it sounded so natural. Why? Because it wasn't going through filters and a million microphones. You were hearing it naturally. Mm-hmm. So you, know, you were hearing what you're playing. You know, when you're playing right, you were hearing it right. 
You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Wasn't going to a bunch of speakers and, and EQs and all this stuff like we like we do nowadays, you know? You're hearing the instrument naturally. So it was beautiful, man. And as far as energy, you know, we're talking about an era where everybody and their mother danced, man. You know, not only <laughs> not only not only Latino, but Julio Italiano. You know, people remember people were going to Cuba in the fifties, late fifties, and you know, seeing the Cuban dance and stuff, you know. You know, and, and you had so many good Puerto Rican dancers who just danced that music, you know, as good as anybody else, man. You know, you had the Louis Machina and Charlie Arroyo and, and you know, Mike, Mike Ramos and, and mm-hmm. you, had, you had all these great dancers, man, you know. So, I mean, there was so much energy. What a, what a ball I had in, in, in the Palladium, man. You know, the prettiest uh, uh, women. Uh, that was the, those are the days where everybody dressed sharp. That's right. You know, those are the days of shark skin suits, mohair suits, cuffling. I was keeping busy. I mean, but I mean, starch in your collar. You know, the, those are great times, man. You know, unfortunately, it's all gone, man. But it was a pleasure playing the Palladium, and it was so sad to see it at the end when after they had that raid and stuff that they lost their license and they started selling only near beer and they took the liquor license away and it fell apart. It was sad to see that, you know? Mm-hmm. I was getting it. I was, oh, oh, the fans are calling. They're calling you yeah. from the Palladium, Johnny. Hold on. I know there's over here. <laughs> so you, okay, so let's move on to Tito Rodriguez, okay? So Yes, sir. Tito Rodriguez, where would you, bro? We take it away, bro. How did that happen? Okay, well, another long. I just got some water, man. I'm getting dry here. You want to get some water, Johnny? No, don't worry about it. We, no, 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 we no. Want no, 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 no. some water? We're doing a quick tour, real quick. Yeah, yeah. We'll no, 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 no. Let, let me let me get Tito Rodriguez. Okay, okay. So, so what happens is I'm play, I'm playing with Puente. This is 1962. I do I do 63. I do 64. I do about three years of Puente. A beautiful swinging. We caught it with everybody. Travel, travel the world. And then, uh, Tito Rodriguez, bongo player, which is my friend, Bitin Gonzalez, very good bongo player, uh, he got in trouble. Uh, got in trouble. Tito had a trip coming up, like, immediately, two weeks after that, when he, the guy got in trouble. And uh, there was rumors in the street. This, this, is what, this is why Tito Rodriguez calls me. There was rumors in the street that Puente was going to cut down the band. Because what happened... Quente had during that 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 period, that period I'm talking about, Tito had added Chivirico Davila was singing with us. Beside Tantito, Chivirico came into the band as a corista and singing one or two songs. Then he had, Tito got the book to add a fourth sax. There was always three saxes, and he added a fourth. So we, the band became like 15 or 16 versus 13 or 14. <laughs> that was rough. So there were rumors in the street that the band was in a uh, it was a shrink a little bit. So I heard it, you know, I heard it. And I said, you know, you know, what, what, what would be the most practical to, to get rid of? The bongo, maybe, the extra singer, maybe, extra sack. So Tito, Tito Rodriguez, bongo player, gets, gets in trouble. Tito calls me, Johnny, Tito, Tito Rodriguez calls me to my house. Johnny, we think it's a problem. We think I'm from, uh, I'm going to uh, Caracas. I need a bongo player. Okay, so I, I I said, well, let me talk with Jimmy, Jimmy Fizarro, talking about you know, 
So I, you know, I hang out. I said, I'll call you back my, my, later on or tomorrow. So I called Jimmy. I said, look, Jimmy, I just got to call for Tito Rodriguez. Everything is not going to be there. You got a trip to Caracas. He didn't, Tito didn't say to stay steady with the band. He just said to cover him while this guy's in trouble for a little while. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay? <laughs> yeah. So so I tell Jimmy Rosario, look, I just got from Tito. I've never been to Caracas whatever. I like to go. And I also heard through the grapevine, you would have cut the van down. So I thought maybe it would be me. And the first thing he said is, Johnny, Tito will never get rid of you. You're like a son to him over here already. You never get rid of you. Mm-hmm. You know? He would get rid of the sacks, maybe, the Chiverico, whatever, you know. That's okay. But then Jimmy said, But if you want to experience something different, another style of big band for your resume, you know, so you can see, you know, another. Uh, another side of this big man stuff because you know they're both the same amount of guys but two different grooves two different styles yes. so for your experience you want to try that do it I give I give you my blessing wow okay this is Jimmy wow. this is the same Jimmy, Jimmy that was Jimmy speaking to me brother okay wow. that's what I tell you Jimmy did the thing all the time mm-hmm. so I called Tito Rodriguez I said let's do it <laughs> so he called me uh, he said man go to Mel Green in the Bronx but I don't know if you guys know the where the Hunts Point Palace was, right in the corner there, Hunts the Third, uh, Southern Boulevard. Okay. That was the famous Hunts Point Palace, where, you know, it was a theater called the Lowest Paradise in front. Downstairs, it was a sharp, sharp men's shop called Mel Green's, the high-end clothes. So he says, go there, tell me John Rodriguez, tell me you're picking up the uniforms for Tito Rodriguez band. <laughs> so I go up there in the, in the Bronx, I get my sharp green suit, green sport <laughs> jacket, sharp, you know? So I do the trip, I do the trip to go to and, and I, you know, I, I had a ball. And now, mind you, this is, I never played with Tito Rodriguez. I know his style. I knew the records and stuff. But these are two different grooves for a bongo player, two different styles. Every, you know, every band has his own thing, his own swing. Macho had his groove, Puente had his groove, and Rodriguez had his groove, okay? So now I'm saying I got to adjust to the Tito Rodriguez style. I know that we, the bongo player would play this versus this, like I do a Puente. That's the style that, that they've created for that man, you know? Okay? So i never forget, I go to rehearsal. My first rehearsal, and I had to play it in the afternoon, and Victor Boss, tour player in the band, he said, you know, he was my boy, and we were friends for, you know, joking around, I said, Johnny, and I'm gonna say this fan, I'll say it. He says, Aquí no venga con el campaneo este que tú rojas con Tito Puente. En este era Tito Puente. Y los niños son a little more sophisticated groove. More refined, more refined. Yeah, remember, Puente, Puente's band was made around him. I'm sorry, made for the band and percussion. He's a percussion. Rodriguez's hmm. charts and arrangements were made around a singer. So we, we, we were background to a singer. Mm. Right. The yep. Puente's band, you know, it was the whole thing, you know? So 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 when I go to my rehearsal, we break the tells me, no, no, don't, don't play that stuff over here. You know, <laughs> follow, follow the rules, you know? But I'm saying to myself, if Tito called me, he knows how I play. He's heard how I play, whatever. He, he, he didn't call me and say, Johnny, I want you to do the gig, but you got to play this way. He didn't say that. Mm-hmm. I mean, so you know, he's giving me the liberty to play. He hired me, me, you know. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, uh, so I get on the stage. We play our first number, Mama Wella, whatever. You know, you rehearse Mama Wella, you know. 
And you know, bye, I play the thing. And it comes to the to the solo part. And Victor looks at me like, did I tell you that? You know? But Tito Rodriguez didn't say nothing. You know? And I, and according to the, 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 the history book, I'm the first one who ever broke that pattern to play open, open, open bongo bell beats and stuff in the Tito Rodriguez band. Mm-hmm. You know? Everybody followed that strict thing, which is cool. That, that 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 was the style of the band, you know, and I, I I did what I did, you know, but it was a ball play with him. It was a very classy band. The band was sharp, uniforms to the T. I mean, we had uniforms all the way down to, to our shoes, brother. Wow. Okay? So yeah, in was, that in that in that Tito Rodriguez band, who's 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 next to you when you when you ripping the bongo is you, and then who's next to you on Kimbalan? Oh, we said think about this, his brother. I said you know about this, mm-hmm. the bongo player. And my favorite team by player, Mikey Mikey Goyasso. Mikey Goyasso. Mm-hmm. Mikey Goyasso. Oh, that was a badass band. Cachao was on base. <laughs> Rene Hernandez, <laughs> and, you know, the, the baddest horn players out, brother. Yeah, yeah. The, Fox, the youngest guy, it was four Trump, it was Tony Coversi. He had a, a guy named Emilio Reales and a guy named uh, Dave Gonzalez, four trumpets. Saxophones, unbelievable. Bobby Purcelli, uh, Mario, I mean, you know, bad. Ray Santos. Monstrous band, man. Monstrous band, brother. And monstrous music. You know, during that, that period that I came in, he had some great cards, man. So I, I walked in. They were playing the album that he did, Avisar a Mi Contrario. That, that's the uh, Carnavales, something Carnavales. He's playing that during it. Then, then when I come in, we do Tito number one, the album. That's my first one with him. That's it, brother. Huh? I got some great Johnny, stuff on Johnny, there. I got it, Johnny. I got it. Yes, sir. I hear you, brother. <laughs> That's my first recording with him. Como? Qué clase pique. Bajo tan picado, me dije. Yeah. Very, very stylish, man. Very stylish, man. Johnny, one of my favorite. You okay, bro? I know. I better get my one myself. Para despojarme. What yeah, am I, that, that, let me tell I you, love, I love that record, brother. Everybody loves his album, bro. Yeah, that's a great record, man. That's a great record, and, and it, it was it was so nice to play all that stuff again because you know those are the hits that he did during his, during his life. He records Mama Abuela again, and 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 uh, uh, it's a gay world again, and all those great songs, man. Yambu, he does Yambu again, all that stuff again, man. El agua de Belén. Ooh. Great stuff, great stuff, brother. Mira, we got we got a we got a young bongo player here that's asking a question here. Richie Bastal. That's, that's hey, my brother. That's hey, my yeah. brother. He's asking, uh well you see it there. Um was it strict? You know, uh, did everybody have to be sharp, have shiny shoes? What was yes, it like sir. in the Tito yeah. Rodriguez Orchestra? Thank you, Richie. Definitely, yeah. He he was very uh, there's a story, I don't know who I have heard different very because people you know, the gossip is changed the story. But there was a story that he had uh, called his horn on the stage, one of the guys, the bongo player. Remember, the bongo players always played in front. Right. And the palladium, 
we, 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 we were in the front row, you know, right? So, you know, people on the stage of the Palladium was very close to the floor, very short, short uh, distance from the stage to the floor. So, you know, when everybody would hog that stage, it's staring at you, man, you know. And Theodore Green was the sharpest cat out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He would chop all the time. He would chop the other back. You know what I mean? <laughs> this guy would chop all the time, brother. You know? So so he wanted that band to look like that. So there's a story. I don't know who it was. I've heard different stories. But every time I hear a story, they, they change the, per, the person. But one of the bongo players, you know, hey, here's a couple of dollars. Go shine your shoes. It's fine. But he had to know about Bible, you know? Because mm-hmm. he, he was that fussy about, about things like that, you know? So your your dad your dad was in was in tune with your dad knew Tito Rodriguez Jr. He knew Tito Puente, you know. Your dad knew these guys growing up, yeah. Excuse me. Your, your father knew Tito Tito Rodriguez and and and, and Puente and, and Machito growing up through those years, yeah. Yeah, my dad played with both of them back in the day. Mm-hmm. What I'm doing now, my dad did before me. There wow. he is. Yeah. Okay, that's big thing. That that's the guy I took his spot. That's the big thing. That's my friend. He's the one that got in trouble, and I took his spot, and I stayed with Tito Rodriguez on the day he finished his band. So this look is at, your, this is your dad in the Palladium, yeah? Look at that. Yeah, the Palladium stage, the low low ceiling. Mm-hmm. Look at those clothes, Jesus Christ! Yeah, that, that, that's tailor made stuff. That's tailor made stuff at a shop called London Style. <laughs> uh, I, I was there with him for, to pick up different things, shop stuff, man. Bow tie, shiny shoes, cufflinks. <laughs> Hold on. The, the Palladium is calling, John. <laughs> the Palladium is calling. No, 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 no. Hold on. Oh, give me a second. You got it. We'll put you on mute one second. Give me a second. Bro, are you hearing this, bro? Jesus I'm looking Christ. at those clothes, man. How do you, How do you? especially at the Palladium, I know that club was hot. I mean, in terms of, in terms of the temperature. You know, because I know those those clubs. I mean, the, uh, from the stories that I heard about the playing, they were, it was always packed. Yeah, how can those guys be on stage with those clothes, man, and looking like? And those guys are not even breaking a sweat, man. It, it, it was, it, man. That's the way it was, man. It, it, just part of it, part of it. Hey, I played gigs with Tito Rodriguez, even Puente. Puente was a little looser with the clothes mm-hmm. uh, in the afternoon uh, in the summer with a suit on, brother. And it's high. And you guys also, you guys also played the winter, right? Outside, if you had to play winter gigs, yeah. <laughs> tell, tell us, tell us a winter story, Johnny. You know, see you at the, winter see you at the Coda. <laughs> I, I, I have to think about it right now. Okay. I, I, I don't, I'm not ready for that one. <laughs> <laughs> but, 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 but getting back to Stuart Jesus, you know, uh, three different styles. Yeah, macho. Rodriguez and Puente. Three different styles and dressing, too. Puente, you know, we used to wear our suits. Macho also. But Rodriguez was the one that was the uh, sharpest. The sharpest all the time. A lot of tuxedo stuff. A lot of bow tie stuff. You know. Uh, very, very elegant band. I, look at his album covers. His album covers, album covers are, are beautiful, man. Yeah, yeah. They're beautiful. Every you know, they're, always, they're always sharp. They always look sharp. You know, nice colors and stuff, you know. He, you know, he was very into dressing, man. That's crazy. And, man. And it reflected on the stage, man. Wow. <laughs> this, this is a Martin yeah. Cohen photo, right? Martin, Martin was a yeah, played him, yeah. Huh? Mm-hmm. Wow, man. What a what a time, bro. What yeah, time. that was that was uh, that was great, 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 great yeah. era. That's me and my dad, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. 
This looks like this look. This looks like uh, the old timers. It looks like a body, right? It is. It definitely is. One of those Sundays in the, in the, on the, excuse me, on Eleventh Street. Wow. Definitely. So that's, my friend, that's my friend in the back, Skip Hollett. Yep. 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 <laughs> wow. And so what I'm what I'm getting here so far is up to where you where you're at now. You know, you've already got a little from your dad. Obviously, Tito Tito Puente, and it's building you, bro. You're getting all these mentors. And it's building you and building you, and you know, um, what did what did the uh, the uh, the machito era do for you in terms of of that? Well, believe it or not, uh, I, I get asked all the time, what, "What was your favorite of the three? Yeah, I was about to go for a while there. I would, for a while there, I would say machito. Hmm. My, my, macho had a groove, man, with those saxophones. He had a groove. It was unbelievable, brother. You know, that groove, you know, that, yeah, that groove was monstrous, man. Yeah, man. You know? Uh, Puente's band was showy, flashy. You know, Tito had the solos, and his arrangements were, you know, were dynamic. And then Rodriguez's band was very sophisticated, very clean, very sharp. Oh, very refined, very refined. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there was a word, yeah, very refined. A nice so black one. It, it's amazing how... Amazing how the three had the same amount of guys, and they they sounded different. The three of them, man, you know. Yeah, That's awesome, and man. I was lucky, man, to play with all three of them. I recorded on two of Macho's albums, and I even played a few gigs in Macho's band. I had a ball. I, I played conga on fireworks, and I played vamos uh, uh, on the album called Machito that has Chango Taveni and a couple of things. With Macho, I played vamos on that on that also. Wow. Now, so now let me ask I was, you. I was lucky to play with three of them. In terms of being strict, because you know how strict were were those band leaders back in those days? In terms of you know, because I I say that because watching Madera with the Mambo Legends, right? Yeah. Or you or yourself with Mambo Legends, but more Madera. He doesn't really wait. He's like, here we go, one, two, three, and he counts it. And if you're not ready, <laughs> you have to sour, it. right? And everybody knows that Madera. You know, he's very okay. You know, <laughs> one, two, three. <laughs> Yeah, that, that, that's him. That's, that's his personality. That's the way he is. Uh, Rodriguez was strict. Uh, you know, he, he, would mark the, he would mark the numbers off. Mm. Tito would mark the numbers off. Tito was, a, Tito was flexible. Tito, Tito joked more on the stage. Tito laughed more on the stage. He fooled around more on the stage. Rodriguez fooled around after the gig. Mm. On the break, but he was very serious, having fun, but more serious. Machito was kind of in the middle because you know you, you, you got him, his personality singing. You got Mario Balsa there with, with him. Mm-hmm. You know, you got two guys leading that band, mm. kind, kind of. You know, wow. Rodriguez, Rodriguez was all by himself, and yet you know, I mean, I think everybody knows that of the three, Tito was probably the funniest, pointed. Yeah. You know, it was just it, that was just him, and he brought that on the stage. He created that loose atmosphere with respect. Yeah, with respect. You know, but you know, he, he wasn't like you know, it wasn't like that. It, it was it was it, I mean, it was a pleasure playing with three of them. The, the, the three. It was a big experience for me. Yeah. Guys, this is Mambo in the City podcast. We're here with and the legend, Senor Bongo. Uh, 
John Dandy Rodriguez, man. I mean, you know, just great memories of the Palladium, of, of his mentors and, and the bands that he's played with over time. Um, so we're going to move on to the, the, uh, the River Redo era. Okay. Before, right before we go there. Saludos aquí Tony Vega invitándoles a Mambo in the City Salsa Podcast. Todo esto por Apple Podcast, okay? <laughs> Hola amigos, somos los cantantes del Grupo Nietzsche y te queremos invitar al Mambo in the City Salsa Podcast con Adrián Montañez y el DJ Broadway por Apple Podcast. Okay, Ray Barreto time, bro. Ray Barreto. Right, so, so 1970, I'm, I'm playing again By this time, Tito Rodriguez broke up the band. He's making his Japanese house in Puerto Rico. Mm -hmm. He's planning on making his move with the TV shows. That whole that whole move that he that he that he did. So now I I I I, I when Tito Rodriguez leaves here, I go with him to Puerto Rico. He, he makes a lounge group, no longer the band. Mm -hmm. He started doing all the lounges in the PR. I went to the first one. I went to the Caribe Hilton with him. Uh, lounge room, seven guys. Okay, so then he 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 decides he's gonna live in Puerto Rico, and I'm not gonna live in Puerto Rico. Right, I'm a New Yorker. <laughs> so I come back. So I I start playing with Puente again. Now I'm playing conga. Okay, this is 1969, 70, 1970. Barrero is super hot. That's okay. Bibi Basila, ask you know those records that Ray did. You know uh, before. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Quita yeah. la mascara, all that stuff. That's race hot, hot, hot. So again, somebody got sick. Tony Fuentes, my dear friend, the bongo player. Tony Fuentes from Barrero's Band. He got sick. He lost his balance, thing with his ears. Wow. He got sick. He got sick bad. And I'm playing the Pan Am with Tito Puente. I'm in a place in Queens called the Pan Am. It's be Monday night. I get a call in the kitchen saying someone's on the phone, wants to speak to Johnny Rodriguez. So they give me the phone. And it's Ray Barreto. I said, Johnny, man, I got a problem. I'm going to, I'm going to uh, Curacao, Martinique, uh, next week. And Tony's sick, and he can't do the thing. He didn't get to the gig. I said, again, one more time. Oh, let me call you back. Let me let me talk to Jimmy. And because, again, he tells me cover for that trip. He don't say cover trip and stay with the band. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna jeopardize my gig with Puente, you know what I mean? Right. Mm -hmm. So I so I asked Jimmy, you know, look, Ray Ray just called, ba -ba -ba -da -da, ba -ba -da -da. and Jimmy again, you want to do it? Do it. You know you know this 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 is your house forever. You know you come in and out of here when you want. That's that's the answer Jimmy gave. Jimmy was you know? a cool brother, man. Jimmy very yeah. down to earth, uh, man. very supportive. That that was the person for me. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I go, I go over uh, with Berto, and I, I had a ball on Ray's band. Ray, Ray had the hottest band out. He had Andy, Louis Cruz, or that thing. He had the baddest band out. <laughs> that band was burning. They were playing a lot. They were traveling a lot. Uh, Fanny was really pushing Ray Berto's records, man. You know, of course, yeah, big time, brother. You know, so so I do the trip, and Ray said to me, "Look, Johnny, I don't think Tony's going to be ready for a while." Stay here, brother, you know? So I come back from that trip. I call Jimmy. Look, Jimmy, Ray for me to gig. And Ray and Jimmy says, do it, John. Do it. Do it. And I stayed there. I stayed there. 1970, I, uh, my first album was uh, 
It's called the, the message, I think, that has the cocinando, arrepiéntete, and all that stuff. I think it's the name of the album. Yeah, that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Como? Yeah, yeah. Album is just crazy. Yeah, it, that whole yeah. album yeah. is crazy. From top to bottom, that album took off, man. Oh, that, that, that album is crazy. Yeah, that did a lot of stuff for Ray. Who's in? Who's in? Who's in this picture, uh, um, Johnny? Who's in this picture? Everybody. Uh, uh, extreme right. I'm not from me. From what I'm seeing, is Reddy Lopez, uh, Poppy, the trumpet player, Roberto Rodriguez, and Jerry Lozada were just hanging, sitting in, and they didn't know this was going to be a, a, taken for for an album cover. You see Jerry Gonzalez, and you see Alberto. You see me with a striped shirt. Yep. You see Ray. You see Andy with his long hair, and Oreste with his red timbales. You see mm-hmm. Louis Cruz. Mm-hmm. You wow. see Louis Cruz, the band player. That's the key to say. That's a real shot, man. And the lyrics to that song are deep, man. The lyrics to that song, tú ponte a pensar y tú vayas a esa canción y tú vayas a esa letra. Oye, no es una letra. Heavy duty. Heavy duty, man. How many years? How many years did you know? Did you know Barreto before all this happened, from Johnny? Uh, I knew of him from when I started playing. You know, I remember he was uh, Tito's conga player. You know, I don't know if you know that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ray is the conga player on Dance Mania. Mm-hmm. Yep, that is correct. Yeah, Ray is the conga player on Dance Mania. So I knew of Ray for many, many years, man, you know? Yeah. Again, you know, these are my mother and father's friends, man. <laughs> you know, back in the days, you know. So that's why, that's, uh, I'm repeating myself. That's why it was easy for me. Because they all knew my family, man. You know, yeah. They like my mom. But I mean, mom. even even if they knew your family, you did you were doing the job. Oh no, definitely. But you know, it, just made it, it just made it easier. Yeah, yeah. yeah you know, yeah. in other words, if they had a choice between this guy and me, well, we know him, so let's let's let, let, let's use him. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So you're in you're in the you, you now you're playing you you are part of the Riverwood Orchestra, yeah. Yeah. And the band was hot, working. I, I did that one also, man. Yeah, we did we did. I mean, we did two good records, man. Cocinando uh, uh, took off. It was such a big hit. Everybody in their mother played Cocinando. There it is. Yeah, yeah. Let's take a quick listen. What was it like to record that in the studio? <laughs> that track was like 10 minutes long. Okay. How did you guys do that, man? Was it one take or, I mean. <laughs> hold on. Hold on, Johnny. Hold on. Hold on one second. One more time. Go ahead. What was it like, Johnny? Huh? 
Hit it one, one more time. Yeah, I'm going to say, here's a story about this song. Cocinando, it, 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 it's a fake chart. Fake chart meaning there's no music. Wow. Okay? That was an idea. You know, you know that every band has their little things. When you play at a gig one night and it's not that the crowd is, there's no crowd, it's empty. You start looking for little ideas. You're not going to play your, your best to nobody. So right. you start looking for little ideas and you start pulling around. So that was something that happened on one of those nights. Louis Cruz, you know, like, rail state to Louis, you know, started a little vamp, you know, started, so he started. You know, and then Andy said, he'll come in and do a little thing. And all of a sudden we start fooling around with it. You know, okay, it's my night. So then the next day, Ray will say, Louis, remember that thing you did yesterday? Do it again, do it again, do it again. So we start doing it. And it, it just became, it became and became more and more and more. And then he got, Ray got the idea of doing the, 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 the trio solos. Right, you know, the trio the three solos. of us, right. you know. And it, and, and it created, we created a format. Created a format, you know. There's no music to that. There's no music. Wow. These guys thought it. Simple. It's nothing. It's nothing to it. The 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 gimmick was the 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 runs between the timbal song and bongo. That was the gimmick of the thing, you know. Right. It became a hit. But now, look what happens, man. Now we're going to go to the studio to record. So now. This is something that's no music. This is a mood thing. This is a this is a groove thing. Yeah, yeah. It's not a chart, you know. I remember we're playing this at the Cheetah. We're playing this at the Casino Fourteen and La Mancha. We're playing at all these little clubs, you know. Mm. With this atmosphere, this yeah, the vibe and the, and the vibe is there. The vibe, yeah, is there. the vibe. People been spilling drinks. They're smoking the air. The whole yeah. the whole work, you know. So now, comes to the studio and mm. Ray wants to, Ray wants to record this. <laughs> Okay, so we start, man. I swear to God, it wouldn't come out. It would not come out the way it did at the gigs. Of course not. Of course not. Because we're in a studio with a hundred engineers and big lights and microphones and all kind of stuff. So that atmosphere was not there. That was a thing that we grew. Just the first line. That was a groove thing, you know. It didn't come out, brother. It didn't come out. So Ray said, man, caballero, you know, like, what's up, man? You know, what's up? You know? So then Ray thinks that we take a little break. We think about, you know, let's take a break. Come on, come on back, you know? So then Ray tells uh, the engineer, which I think I think was Bernie Fox during that, that time. Oh, it might have been Irv. might have been Irv. One or two guys, man, yeah, you know? Was, that was yeah. the guy who did that stuff, man. Yeah. He said, you know, I got to create an atmosphere here, man, you know? So he sends to put red lights where the white lights were. Wow. Okay? So that was the first step. The dim the lights, got a couple of red lights, mm-hmm. and try to create a mood. You try to create a mood. Because, you know, this is a mood thing. It's a groove thing. Make a long story short, we did it. That's the take you here on that record right now. Wow. Okay. Unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. We were trying to play it. We did it a hundred times. It won't come out. It won't come out. It won't come out. It sounded very stiff. Right. In other words, yeah. in other words, Johnny needed a space like Broadway's over there in the red. To <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Bring it down, bro. 
We can record Cocinando over there, bro. What do you there think? we go. There we go, brother. Yeah. So, like I said, getting back to Ray's band, the band was hot. The band was great. Ray, Ray worked a lot. He paid oh, yeah. well oh, for yeah. those days, of course, sort of stuff. Uh, Ray paid well. He was making good money, you know. But I did 70 with him, 71, 72, you know. Then in 72, my dad was playing at a little restaurant called Ann Vinnie's on 63rd Street in Manhattan. Mm-hmm. And uh, the owner knew that my dad, meaning my, my father, son, meaning me, you know, was associated with Tito Puente and the Palladium and stuff. The guy got the idea, yeah, the guy got the idea of uh, doing like a, like a Latin jam, like jams on Monday night. His, his, his room was very dead on Monday, looking for an idea. Tells me, tells my father to tell me to come and talk to him. See if we could do something there on a Monday. Pick up the place on a Monday night. Right. Okay? So I go, I sit with the guy, you know, I tell my ideas, yeah, jam session tonight. Said nothing happened right now. Uh, Village Gate was all the way downtown. Some people, they want to go all the way downtown. So so I, I work out a, a door deal with him. Me and him took the door for Monday nights. We charged, I forgot, $5, whatever it was back in 1972, you know. You know? So it's a jam session. I have to fly it. I had it on Facebook the other day. It said, Johnny Rodriguez presents Latin Jam Monday nights. Musicians from Tito Puente, from Charlie Palmieri, from Fajardo, from, I mentioned about four or five bands, you know? So, this is a long story, right? And we ain't gonna do, do it right now. But I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna jump. I'm gonna say, from that thing, DB got 72 was created. We started on, we started those jams, and they took off. That's Vinny right there. That's the Aunt Vinny right there. That's the, that's the back wall of Aunt Vinny's. Everybody was coming down on Monday night. That became the spot. That was the hottest spot on Monday night, brother. Wow. Okay? Everybody would come to jam. It was Monday. There was nothing happening on Monday night. And it became the talk of the town. Everybody came to see what was, what was happening there. The prettiest girl, the, the best musician, everybody came. I, I would let them sit in. We had some great jam sessions there. You know? Who is this in this photo? This is Alberto. You're saying, That's Yayo Lindio. You know oh, it. Yayo Lindio, okay. Yeah, the singer from the you know. Mm-hmm. So, so, so we started doing the Mondays, and then I, all of a sudden I felt better with a certain amount of guys that I was hiring. It made it easier for me. But they were jam sessions. But sometimes jam sessions can go, okay, that's it. That's Vinny's right there. That's the back wall. That's the wall. That's the wall in the back there. And, of course, these photos are from Martin Cohen, who, yeah. you know, who took these photos back in the day? So, yeah, yeah. that contribution from Martin, we have, you know, greatly, greatly, greatly appreciate it. You know, yeah, that's a cor- that's a corso stage. Mm. That's a corso stage. So, getting back to 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 the uh, to the uh, to the Monday night, so the thing took off. Okay, it took off, and we're still with Ray Barreto. I'm doing Monday night. The club owner liked the idea. He tells me one night, hey, Johnny. You know, this is 63rd Street, Manhattan. I think if we try a, a mat, Sunday matinee, but they call them Sunday dansant back in the day, dansant, and then Sunday afternoon, maybe four to eight, we could get a different type of crowd Sundays and get your, your Latino crowd on Monday. Mm. So it worked. It worked. We did Sunday afternoon, got more uh, Americano, more Julio, more Italiano, more Virginia crowd. That was the name. It was a great restaurant. It's a place called Angrini's. So, mm-hmm. so now I've got Sunday afternoon and Monday night. But meanwhile, we're still working with Ray Barrero. Wow. Okay? 
Okay? So now, a couple of weeks pass, this other guy comes up to the club. Comes up to me, like, are you the leader here? I said, yeah. So I have a club up in the Bronx by Pelham Parkway called Joker's Wild. I would love to try something like this on my place. Why don't you come check the club out? I take a ride to the club. Nice club, tiny club. Mm-hmm. We start doing Sundays, Monday, and Tuesday now. <laughs> now we got three days, brother. Meanwhile, we're working with Ray Brittle. But now, already the rumors in the street, nah, Ray Brittle died. Because I started using, or oh, they stay, uh, yeah, right. right. you know? So the rumor in the street was, oh, Johnny's taking Ray Brittle's band. Or the Ray Brittle's band's going to break up. You know, it was already the rumor in the street. Before, Anybody thought about making a damn band? The gossip in the street was already the bands gonna break up. Okay, so make a long story short, Pacheco comes one night to hang Uh-oh. when Fanny is the hottest. Nineteen seventy-two, Fanny is damn burning. Pacheco's my boy. I recorded him on the record and stuff. He says to me, Danny, you want you want to record this? <laughs> oh. Somebody from Fania, this is the hottest thing out. I mean, now you want to record this? I said, of course, brother, of course. Mm-hmm. I told the guy, everybody got excited. So it just got complicated, man. So I had to have a meeting in my house. I told the guys, there's too many offers. Because from that gig on Mondays, I started getting offers for pool parties, for weddings. I started getting a lot of stuff besides the three days I had. I had the two days in Bronx. Sunday afternoon and Monday, and getting off and all kind of stuff. I, you know, I said no. Nah. And this is this is the Fania era, right? This is, yes, this is yeah, the Fania. The hottest thing for nineteen seventy two, brother. You know, yeah. <laughs> you know. So I, I have a meeting. I tell the guy, look, come to my house. We have got to sit down and talk about this. You know, you know, Ray's already finding out. I mean, they're, you know, they're ready, the the bochinche is out in the street already, brother. You know, <laughs> we have to make a move. Or, you know, we have to say something. So make a long, make a long story short. We had the meeting. We decided to make a band. But the, the gimmick, we're going to make a band. We're going to make a, a cooperative, cooperativa, mm-hmm. which means everybody gets paid the same. The same. Okay? You know, that would be the reasoning to leave Ray's band. Mm-hmm. It wasn't that we were unhappy with Ray's band. Ray's band was hot, swinging. He paid well. The band was smoking. But now, this is 1972, where... All that stuff is coming over here. And now we have ideas to try to stretch the music somewhere else. And I say, yeah, we're going to keep the New York stuff, but let's stick, let's stick some of Iraqi, let's take some of Rimo let's take some of that stuff from Cuba coming, make that nice blend. That, that was the idea of making the, the band kind of a mixture of Cuba and New York at the same time. You know what I mean? So, so we yeah, go. <clears throat> Johnny, who's who's your who is your favorite? Who is your when you say you adapted a, a particular sound, not style, sound? Yeah, yeah. Who is do you feel you know that you want to you know when you up there you you emulate the you know the that's you just, about during that move. You talking about during that move up to now up to up to you know who who is this? is it, is it you know what what Tatawini like who is. You know, oh, oh, wait, you talking about players or players, bands? Players, players, players. Oh, no, Tata Winnie has always been my favorite. I mean, I as soon as I learned about Fongas uh, and Mongols, I mean, he was always... Remember, my dad had those records, man, those Kachao albums, the Skaga albums that, you know, everybody had. My dad had those records. I would listen to that in the background of my house. Uh, 
I love Jose Manuel's father, Sound of the Bangles. Mm. Those records like Kenya, the album Kenya, mm -hmm. Machido album Kenya. The bongo playing on those records for me is, you know, uh, it's beautiful, man, beautiful. The sound of bongo. If you're, if you're a bongo player and you're into the sound, that's the sound that I, that I like, you know. And those records I just mentioned, the Scatar records with Yeyito Ilesa, the Cuban bongo player, mm -hmm. another one of my favorites. You know, these are the monsters, man, you know. Mm -hmm. So there's a bunch of guys. When I was coming up, I love Mongo sound. Mongo had the biggest sound in the world, man, you know. I, I, have, I, I never forget I had some great rectilinear speakers back in the day, and Momo had that album, A Man in Havana, mm -hmm. recorded in Cuba. Wow. What did Cuba record that? There's a couple of things. He's playing on the conga, and he picks up the drum, you can tell, and it hits the bass. Those speakers wanted to break, man. Those speakers wanted they were rattling, man. You know, at the sound that he got, he got out of those congas, man. You know, when Momo went in his prime, and he would pick that drum up like it was a toy, brother, yep. you know? And hit, hit, and get the bass sound out of it. So you know, guys like that. I mean, Tata was definitely Mongo. You know, everybody had their own thing. But Tato had his thing. You know, uh, Tato came around and, and and started playing beautiful melodies on congas. You know, he, you know, three congas. Then he went to four. You know, and he would he could play five. They say, he, excuse me, he played bass for a while. So he had musical knowledge as far as tuning. He was a, a pain in the butt sometimes. Looking for that tuning, <laughs> exact tuning, you know, he would stop. He would stop a groove in the middle of a song to tune the drum up to get it to where he wanted to, you know, so that he could play his melody that he wanted to play. So, in yeah. terms of in terms of Mongo style, yeah, uh, Johnny, you know, who who would you say you know today has that kind of style, uh, Johnny? Well, today, no, but back in the day, in the day, Ray Barreto uh, was a was a copy of, of, of Mongo. Uh, any, anybody who didn't know personally and heard Dance Mania said that's Mongo playing. It was exactly Mongo playing. Right. Exact beats that Mongo used to play, Ray Barreto copied them. That was his idol back in those days. Then he stretched out and went and did other things and mm -hmm. got more into the Latin jazz world and changed his style of playing a little bit. But that little period there, when Mongo, when Ray gets the game with Fuente, he's playing exactly what Mongo what do you think of when 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 Barreto and, and Mongo are in, in Yankee Stadium, and they you know the back and forth there, you know what what do you think of that? That was exciting, but I wasn't there. It was we we opened that show? Did we got open that show? Wow, that was the beginning of the of Yankee Stadium. We opened that show. We were the first act. Wow, okay? and, and we had a double that day. We were playing at Casino Forty One of the local clubs. <laughs> so I, I I played my first set. You know, I mean, I'm sorry, I played. We were the opening act. And then I saw a little bit, and then it was time to run. We were up in the Bronx, Yankee Stadium. We were going, I think it was, I think it was Casino 14 or La Mancha on 14th Street. Mm -hmm. But we left. So I heard later, my friends who came down to see me about the riot and the, the, well, everything that happened. Yeah. But I missed that. I was there, but I missed all that Those, stuff. those were the good riots. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I <miserable> riots, yeah. <laughs> Let me ask you really quick, because me and Brody was talking about this the other day, because we don't know. Right? Yeah. What was it like when Celia Cruz recorded? When you were in the studio, when, when you recorded with, you know, can you can you give a light in terms of, you know, what it was like yeah. to. Yeah, I, I would have to go back. Before I recorded, I played. She came on when I was with one of the gigs as a guest with Tito. And I had been studying her music, and I was a big fan of Sonora Matancera. 
and I loved her music, man. So when she, <laughs> when she was on, when she came on the stage for the first time, I'm backing her up for the first time in my life. It was amazing. It was like uh, backing up Frank Sinatra, Ella Fitzgerald, or something. Yeah. You know, it was yeah. it was something big. It was something monster. And when she opened her mouth, she, she was <laughs> a, she was in a prime, 1962, 63. She was in a prime. She was hot, brother. Wow. You know? When she started singing, you know, I was like, man, my head, my head was stand up, brother. You know, I mean, I'm unbelievable. And then, as more and more I played with Pointe, I played back to back, back to her up. And then I was lucky enough that I became part of that Fania world and started doing all her records, you know, back in the day, especially the first couple of ones that I, I think were the best. Yep. And then, you know, sitting down next to her in the studio and chatting with her and hanging with her and laughing with her. She was a beautiful lady. I mean, she was, people can't imagine how funny she was. Yeah. So she was funny. She was. She had a. She, she had a. She was beautiful. She had a. I mean, great personality. She was funny. Old joke around. Howard Tito joked around a lot. I mean, we were on the road months. We, we we went to Spain one time with her Puente, and she went with us uh, as part of the show. We were, we were on the bus for like a month and a month and three days. Wow. Every wow. day. <laughs> what happened was it was supposed to be a bus ride. We, we were about, about to take off for that trip, and Iberia, Iberia went mm -hmm. on a strike. Went on strike, so they were the, so they were the uh, the people that were uh, flying us. And Ralphie says, uh, "Hey, either we do the gig on bus or we lose thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars." Wow! So, so everybody did the gig. So we're talking about getting on the bus Monday, uh, playing at Barcelona, then driving to Madrid, and then going to Valencia and going to you know to make to salvage the trip. So we were hanging. Day and night, playing cards, drinking, dang, boom, do everything. And she was beautiful. She was like, she was one of us. She was walking around her jeans, you know, like part of us. You know, she was, she was just beautiful. So, what kind of what kind of ethic character did you see in Celia, and before this, before the show, and you know, what oh, was no. what was her style of work on the stage? Uh, discipline to the max. You know, very very serious. Her Pedro. Yeah, Pedro always traveled with her, right? Yeah, all the time. He was the Florista, and he, you know, that's a, a husband, and he, he was the man there. He, he took care of them. It's yeah. like the thing with Jimmy and and, and, and and Tito. Pedro handled everything. Say that was just saying. Mm -hmm. You want to speak to you want to speak to say that? Speak to Pedro first. That's right. You gotta go right. through him, you know? The same same thing him. But they were beautiful. They were they were sweethearts, man. But it came time to for business, take care of business, they took care of business. But they were funny. And we went to these great dinners, and they would laugh and drink their glass of wine, and they were beautiful people, man. Were, and I had a ball. And then, like I said, when I started recording with her personally on her her record, not this is not pointing no more on her album that Johnny was producing. It was an honor for me. I loved her, and I loved I loved her style, you know. And, and she liked the way I played, and she, it was actually one of these records. 
uh, I don't know, I forgot which one, that I wasn't around. I was doing something for something, and she actually told Johnny that Mama Perazki, they got Johnny, you know, me. <laughs> I want him on the, my album. Because she like, we, we had a little team going, you know? Mm-hmm. We had a little team, and she wanted me on that record, you know? Wow. Yeah. I mean, so, that Tremendo Cache was legendary. Yeah, you know, I love those records. I love those records, man. Esa voz. Johnny heard that. Johnny heard that melaza all the time, right, Johnny? I, no, no, I, I, love, I, love her, I love their stuff. And I always say, you know, there's only one, one of her, man. You know, uh, it, there's been a couple of, you know, people have come out, but she's the only one of, uh, like that, man. She's the only one like that, you know? Hey, you got a question right there from Richie Rothstein. Yeah. That. What did it say? Johnny, it says, share a story about the Cuban singer wanted you to play Kimbala like the... Richie, you're a gossip, but you're a So, Johnny, okay, so speaking of... We, we're talking about female singers, okay? So we're going to add yeah. one more female singer because you, you got you to do it, you know? So it's mm. La Lupe. Yeah. Okay. But she, was, she had her thing. We backed her up, you know. We had, she had her thing, okay? She had talent. For me, she was nowhere as good and then didn't sing nowhere in tune as Celia when she said it was a prime. Celia, at the end, unfortunately, at the end, the last few years, we had to lower her keys because she couldn't make those those high those high keys anymore. We couldn't get gotten older, you know. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Lupe, during her prime, still would sing out of tune sometimes. That was uh, unfortunately she, she didn't have that 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 training. To sing those notes uh, in two all the time, but she was good. She was a show, definitely mm-hmm. was a show. The people loved her. She did her thing, went crazy on the stage, did the whole thing, and the people loved it. Which is character, just a character, yeah, like charismatic, yeah. which is you know what gets you around is the character, you know. You know, then I, I, I love Graciela. I love Graciela's boleros. Forget about it. those arrangements that they made for her bolero, or you know something something special. And when she wanted to pull around and see see no no and I Jose and all those chachas, she she was swinging. She would have a ball and you know and she would groove. You know, there were three three different styles. But for me, the, you know, the, the, I mean, Celia, the, not, nothing gets next to Celia. Nothing. Yeah, so. All right, so let's let's move because we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna we're going to the trenches now. Okay, we're going to the. The Mamba Legend era. And actually, before that, we're just going to do, we're going to talk about Tito Puente's 100th uh, album concert, which was at uh, Coliseo de Roberto Clemente in Puerto Rico. Yeah. So, in that concert was Jose Alberto, Domingo Quiñones, uh, Tito Nieves, Tony Vega, Celia, Tito Puente, um, Ismael Miranda, you know, so. Ask, ask her. Oscar de León también, editor de The whole RMM family. Yeah, that was, that, was, that was a monster show, man. Like, I, like we were talking before we were on the air. You know, it's it's such a drag. You know, I mean, there's nobody like Ralphie around anymore with, with those visions of these, you know, great shows, man. You know, Ralphie was always thinking big and always trying to to, to take the, take it to the next level, man, you know? 
and those shows and with those uh, <coughs> choreography that Eddie Eddie uh, Torres put together, all yeah. those songs that was beautiful stuff, man. What were yes. those rehearsals like, Johnny? Did you guys rehearse? Did yeah, a couple of days. Yeah, definitely. I forgot. I forgot right now. <laughs> definitely, definitely rehearsed. It was too much music. Yeah, it was tons of music there, man. Tons of music. And that that was no easy stuff. That was hard stuff, man. You know. Let's um. Let's take the people there really quick. We're gonna go to. We're gonna check out "Envuélvete uh, Conmigo," the song "Envuélvete Conmigo" with Jose Alberto Canario from from that very concert. Bro. Yeah. So let's check it yeah, out. Yeah, great, man. You know. I don't know if you guys can hear that. Hold on. And you see Johnny Rodriguez in the back there. There's the king. Yeah, with black hair and with hair. Formal. Got it, Lonnie. Yeah. Saludos a César Clemente y Richie Bastal que está con nosotros aquí también. So, okay, so you were saying that 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 was the you know that was the look of of yeah that, that look on that stage you know, just it, it's so impressive to me. I'm looking at it you know and it, I lived that you know that that time and it's just classy with so sharp. There was competition. You you would go. You want to have the sharpest tie. You want to have the sharpest cufflink. You know. <laughs> You know, you you want to have more starch than the other guy on his collar. You want that starch, that shirt to look sharp. You know, it, that was part of the scene, man. It was part of the scene. Now, in terms of uh, you know a concert, because it seems like nowadays the, these these uh, 
the major bands have moved from the clubs to the concerts, concert stage. So yeah. which one do you prefer? Do you prefer concerts or do you prefer clubs? I like them both. As far as sound, and Richie, Richie's who's listening and knows what I'm talking about, when you play these little clubs, me and bro were talking before about Gonzalez and Gonzalez, those little funky little clubs. Yeah. Those little clubs sound great sometimes because they're closed, they're small, you know, uh, those big stages, for some reason or other, the sound gets lost. Right. You know, it gets lost. Those high, beautiful, you know, like Lehman College. I love playing Lehman College, but the sound is a drag. <laughs> and I'm sure most of the guys will say the sound is a drag. Why? Because you're playing to you're playing off monitors. You're not playing, feeling the person directly. In other words, they'll, they'll put me here. They'll put my letter over there and Georgie over there because they want it to look good. But so they say you'll hear yourself to a monitor, but you're not feeling yourself mm. each other because you're not next to each other. So you have to. It's almost like playing with headphones. You know, not, not feeling a direct pulse from the person. You know, directly. So as far as the answer, I think small clubs. I, I enjoy play, playing better. I like I like the money as a big club. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. Check this out, Johnny. This was another yeah. one, another classic. Wow, look how big Tito was. Yeah, man. Word. Tito, I love this number, man. I ask Tito Nieves all the time, bro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he got he has Madera and Giovanni Hidalgo there on, on, yeah, on the yeah. percussion. Yeah. <laughs> got, you know. we, had, we had a Bro, I mean, come on. We, we, we're looking at this video and it's amazing. Johnny was there. <laughs> I, 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 re I remember the energy. It was unbelievable. The band was smoking, you know, it was nice hiring the guys from Puerto Rico and, you know, all the, all the buddies and stuff. I had Juancito Torres, we had Giovanni, you know, it, it was a great band. And we were having fun playing with, with, with each other. But yeah, when you mean, heard those trumpets, those guys just—they're yeah, having fun. They're taking that, they're taking the parts and playing them. They double, double up, you know. I mean, just you know, just having fun. Was that the first time you guys played the James Sonyal from the Ray Santos uh, arrangement? The James Sonyal? Did we do that there? The, the, did we do it at the Garden first? I don't, I don't remember now. Mm, okay. Uh, Mira, Richie, Richie's asking, how was the experience of being 
in the final all stars. <laughs> that, 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 that was that was nice. You know, I, I remember, remember that you know uh, during the seventies, I was doing the major part. I would say I did seventy five percent of the final recordings on Conga. Mm-hmm. Okay, That's from nineteen seventy to almost to the end of the Fatty area, mm-hmm. you know, I was playing Conga and all the my stuff. Just a lot, tons of stuff, you know. Yeah. So, so then I became Johnny's, uh, you know, Johnny's like favorite conga player. But when I mean Johnny, I mean Johnny Pacheco. Mm. And then uh, 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 I don't know what happened. Ray was there as a, a conga player, Fanyosa. Then Mongo, and then I don't know what happened with Mongo and Jerry Masucci or whatever. But then, then then I got offered that gig, and it was it was it was an experience, man. You know, and I remember something nice that Jerry said to me and a couple of guys in the band. Because when Ray and, and Mongo were there, it was constant playing, constant, that's what they were, constant flashing, count, you know. I was more a timekeeper, more a team player. I remember one of the first gigs that I did, we went to a big, big dinner, and we had a, a big table after, and we all sat down, all the guys, everybody, all the singers, everybody. And Jerry said, hey, I'd like to make a toast, and welcome Johnny, you know. Who made this band sound like a band? Wow! <laughs> yeah, that was his line. Who made this band sound like a band? You know, meaning that I, you know, I, I mean, in my style of playing, I locked the thing in. You know what I mean? I mean, Ray was great, almost great or whatever, but they were playing for themselves. They weren't playing as a team thing. You know, so a lot of looseness. And I came in there and I played my my tumbao, very tight tumbao. And I locked and I locked it up, man. So it was a great experience with Fania, you know. Let me let me ask you. I'm looking at this now that we got Celcito Clemente on. There's a photo here, and again, guys, Mambo in the City today is sponsored by the Conga had the autobiography of Martin Cohen. There's a photo here, which you know, Martin's a photographer, and he just you know he was he was there. It's like he was everywhere, you yeah, know, for course. this era. But there's one particular photo here with Celso's dad. Oh there. yeah, with uh, uh, yeah, yeah. That's, I love that picture. Yeah, see that Roberto Ruena, Johnny Rodriguez, and Cesar. Uh, Cesar played play with Apollo Sound with Roberto, of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he was my he was my dear friend. That guy, was one of the first guys I met when I went on that first trip to Puerto Rico. One of the first guys I met, Cesar Clemente Senior. Yeah, yeah, Papá del Nahue. Saludo Nahue. So, um, Johnny, we, we're going into the Mambo Legends era. Okay, and and I, I met Johnny for the first time at um, Lehman College. They had Manuel Kendall there. The Eddie Palmieri was playing, and it was Palmieri versus uh, the Mambo Legends that night. You know, I remember that night. Palmieri uh-huh. says they kicked your ass. <laughs> <laughs> but um, that was the first time I met Johnny. I had no idea, and I will say until today, so many times that I've been around Johnny in, in the barrio or you know, following them at Lincoln Center or whatever the case. You know, you never know the, the story because there's so many years, there's so many things, you know. Um, but how do you form the Mambo Legends Orchestra? Because I know when, after the, the King Tito Puente passed yeah, away. Right, yeah. That's, you know, that's, that's what happened. That, that, yeah. The Mambo Legends Band, excuse me, the orchestra was formed after, uh, oh, for, no, first. When Tito dies, we keep the band under the Tito Puente name under under Marjorie Puente, Tito's wife. We, we did that for a year, okay? But it took her a long time to get over the death of Tito. 
And she says, you know, she really didn't want to deal with this, you know. She didn't want to deal with the, the, the problem. She didn't want to deal with the, 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 the music part of, of her life anymore without Tito being there, you know. Right. So we tried for a year, did a few gigs, did a few trips, whatever, you know. And it didn't work out. He was very kind. She had a little meeting. She tells the guy, look, you know, I'm, I'm going to drop this. She gave the guy each a check, a nice check, you know, for, for, for the years they were with the band or whatever. She was very, very nice to the guys. She gave me a check, all the guys. Nice. So now, uh, it's over. Right. So now this guy, I don't, I don't want to mention names, who we played a gig for up, up in Colorado somewhere, reaches out to me. She says, I'm Tata, I'm, you know, my name is Tata, and, you know, I, you know, I know you guys aren't, uh, uh, don't have the band no more, Tito died, whatever. I'm interested in keeping the band going, you know, mm-hmm. this, guy, this guy. And I'm, he, he let me know who he was, this guy, a reputable person, a lot of money, okay? And uh, I said, well, you know, unfortunately, Mrs. Puente doesn't want to deal with uh, the, the Tito Puente Orchestra anymore. Yeah, well, can I speak to her, you know? I said, well, I'll tell her about you, you know, and I'll give her a number or whatever, you know. And that happened. And he made an offer. I think he even sent her a check, okay? Wow. Yeah, and she returned it. Wow. She returned it. She didn't want to deal with it, okay? So after that move, she said to me, John, I tried. What do you want to do? What do you, got, what do you guys want to do? I said, well, you know, right now we're kind of stuck. You just, I said, I'll put, I'll, I'll fund you. Let's keep this band going. I said, you can't use the Tito Puente Orchestra name, you know. So then, long story short, this guy was involved with jazz and stuff. So he says to me, John, let's do this. I'll give you my credit card. Go, you know, have some arrangements made. Uh, hire a studio and we go with, and we do his first record. Mm-hmm. We did the first record. Wow. And, we, and, we, and we did a couple of records with him. We did two or three records. Mm-hmm. Okay. But he was doing it as a hobby. He had money. He could lose money. He didn't have a staff. He didn't have a promotion staff. You know, he didn't have distribution. So it was nice, but then, then what? If you have a record and what do you do with it? Right. He, he had no team to to the hustle, to move it, you know? So, so it was a drag. So we did, three, I think, I don't know, three records with him, four or whatever, you know? And then one day I said, you know, I, I talked to Malera, which is my partner. So Joe, I think it's time we make our own moves, you know? I, I, you know, I had a couple of guys with money who were always telling me, offering, offering me, God, if you need me for this, count on me. You know, people like my friend Bob Sancho, you know, you know people are always... Back, back me up in anything I do, you know? Mm-hmm. And we decided to go in the studio and do our own thing. So, you know, we we we, we, we parted from this guy who, who did the Latin Giants of Jazz, you know. That was the name of the band in the beginning. Right. We parted from him. And we created the name Mama Legends. Mama Legends, why? Because me and Joe felt that's what we are. Right. Yeah, we're playing Mama music. That's what we're playing. We're playing Palladium Mama music. Where did you meet uh, Madera? Huh? Where, where, oh. did, where, where did you meet Madera? Forget about it. You know, I mean, he says he knew of me <laughs> uh, when I when I was first started with Puente. 
when I was 17, I had a little girlfriend that lived in, in his block. And he says that I used to come into the block. He was like what, 14, 13, I, mean, I think Joe's four years younger, and see me there. Remember, he was Joe was always around his father with the Machito band. Mm -hmm. Joe went to the Kenya recording. Joe witnessed the Kenya recording on 160 in Lexington and Park, a place called Oddfellow Temple. My dad was there with his father. Wow. So Joe's been around this scene since he was a baby. Mm -hmm. okay? So Joe had seen me, and then we, we, we became friends, you know. And then he started playing. I don't know. You know, he, 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 he did an interview recently where I learned. I didn't know where he had really started playing. And then, I, you know, then he winds up with Macho's band. You know, and then and then we became friends, and now we're, we're best friends now. What would you What would you say his style is? I mean, who do you think his style is? Is because he, his idol is Uma Nieto, my player. That's his style of playing. That's the style he loves. That's the style he likes to play. He tried to play that ride on the bell on the kakara. Mm -hmm. His approach is a machito style of playing. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, lately. In the few, last few, three, four years, he seemed to loosen up a little bit and playing a little more like Puente and, and taking solos now, which you never want to take solos before, you know? Check this out, but Johnny. He, check this out. Yeah. Funny. How I've stopped loving you I can pass you on the street And my heart don't give a beat Not much So much my eyes wanna cry Sharp, man, sharp, sharp Man, man sharp, Jesus Christ, sharp let's show, let's show these guys uh, Johnny and... and and Jose Madera, and, and how big the Mambo... If you guys haven't seen the Mambo Legends Orchestra, okay, we're talking <laughs> a lot of people. That, that's, that's just a it's, a... it's a treasure of many, many, many musicians through many, many years, but the, the three main, obviously, are John Rodriguez, Jose Madera, and Mitch Roman, right? Um, hold on one second. I want to show you guys one of my favorite numbers. You guys did this at, at a Martin's house at the LP, um, at the LP studio. Uh -huh. Check this out, bro. We're gonna watch. We're gonna watch a, a a bongo solo from John Dandy Rodriguez here as well. So, all right, here we go. All right, you ready? Here we go, bro. Look at look at this. Look at these guys, bro. Like, a, like an army, bro. Hold on, hold on. Wait, wait, wait. Let me let me do this right. Hold on. Sorry, guys. This is the, this is the army, bro. Get out there. Okay. All right. Here we go. Sorry. Oops, nope, wrong one. That, 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 that was a great gig, too. That's coming up. That's coming up, John. Yeah, that's great stuff. Bro. Can you guys hear that? Yeah.
sure we uh we don't have technical technical issues.
Bro, not a hair out of place, bro. Not a hair out of place. You talking about precision. That's like, ginsu, like those oil commercials back in the day, the Ginsu knife. <laughs> that's, that's how sharp that thing is, like Ginsu knife. <laughs> Danny, did you know that there was gonna that you guys were gonna have such precise sound when you when you when you you know put this together? I know what we're looking for, you know, and I know I know I know what Joe is capable of doing, you know. That that's a, that's Joe's arrangement. That that trio machito, those saxophone things. That's all from Machito. That's the stuff he learned with his dad and following Machito band. And if you notice on top of the song, when he's playing that cacara, that's pure Uva Nieto from Machito's band. Wow. You know, that, that <laughs> ride, that style, that's pure Machito. You know? So that's, Cohen, that's Martin Cohen's house? Yeah, yeah that's, a, that's a, like a den, a, a, a den he has there. It's big, it's big. It's bigger than it looks. It's like, yeah, it's like Disneyland, bro. <laughs> We got twenty one guys in there in that room, bro. Martin at Martin's house, he would have a big lunch set up for the, for the musicians. There's instruments pretty much everywhere, photos yeah. on the wall. It's like Disney for the musicians, bro. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, Martin yeah. doesn't bother you. Martin, everybody's walking around the house just playing instruments, and then they kind of go into the room little by little, start to segue into that main room, start picking up instruments. You yeah, know, it's just a. It's you're never gonna have that again, man. I mean, that's just. Yeah. There's been there's been monstrous jam sessions in that house, <laughs> monstrous jam sessions with the heaviest dudes from Giovanni down. Okay, wow, yeah, yeah, really, really. So you you guys also got to um, to go to Russia with the Mumble yeah, that, that, that was interesting. That was really interesting. That that was a surprise gig that came came about, but surprise to me when we got called for it. But I had heard that they were taking bands over there. I heard they were from Cuba. There was a bunch of bands going to, to Russia to play. A lot of the Cuban bands. And I got my head. All these bands were, were playing in Russia, you know, stuff. Uh, there's a big Cuban organization in, 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 in Russia, man. There's a whole bunch of Cubans that, that live in, over there. Wow. You know? Yeah. And it was it was great, man. It was great. And the band really, really uh, was liked over there. I was so surprised to see the people singing the songs. Mm-hmm. Talking about Russia. They're talking about Manhattan up <laughs> watching night. Talking about Russia. Mm-hmm. You know? And they were singing, singing to the stuff, man. It was beautiful. Hi, Kim Bias. <laughs> Brian, I'm saying hello to everybody here that's saying hello. It, 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 that was an experience and a half, man. That was great. Let's hear the Mambo Legends uh, out in, in uh How's the food over there, Johnny? It was great, man. It, it, it was was, it, that, was, that, was, that, was that your first time in Russia? Uh, yes. In your whole life, okay. We, we were actually there like three days. They brought us the day before. We did a sightseeing. We went around, walked around. Me and my dad, I made, we walked around. It was beautiful because it, you know, it, it's history. You think that you learned about when you were in school and you think you talked about 
and here we're playing there, you know. And it was amazing to see the reaction of Russian people. I mean, I told you there was a lot of Latinos there, who, you know, but to see the Russians really enjoying the music, you know. Uh, Henry Knowles had been there, and I think he was the, he was the connection for us. Mm -hmm. Henry Knowles, he already nice. had been there doing some stuff. So then the, they started doing the Sacha Congress with Albert Torres, rest in peace, who died, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah, those are those guys that opened that door with those Sacha Congress, and they started getting the band. I think Oscar went, uh, Spanish Harlem went over there also. Wow. A couple of bands went out there. What is that? What does that style right there come from, Johnny? When the guys stand up and play? That's that's old school style. That means that's when old school Benny yeah. Moore. That's old yeah, school. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Oh, yeah, I know. That means there's a part coming now that we're gonna rock. You know, that, that's when the mambo gets up or the, something happens. This is the Benny Moore shit right here. This is the Benny Moore shit yeah. right here. Right here. And, and, they, and they're gonna feel. They're gonna put. Yeah. That's a pique. It's a pique. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not. That's not for people who have not tasted something that spicy, bro. That's right. <laughs> Should knock you out. That's right. We'll be back. We'll be there soon, man. It'll be. We're gonna get there. We're gonna get there. Let's see, bro. Let's see. We're gonna get there. So, Johnny, you still got time to hang out with us, bro? Okay. Another five minutes, ten minutes. Okay. I've been here with you two hours. We've been here a little while, man. No, me and you, Ryan, half hour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We. We don't want to. By not bringing water with me. All right. All right. But you know, Mambo Legends, it's it, it, it's the only thing close to that that's that sound that I love, that Maleta loves. And I, I you know, I still feel there's people around that like that that old Palita music, you know. Mm -hmm. You know, I know there's so many new guys out there, new styles and new things, but there's still enough to be able to, you know, carry a band. You know, I notice and I know that when we play a gig, people love the love the band. Yeah. Loves the band, you know. We, you don't see this, yeah. you know. Mostly, most of the time, you go to a gig and you see ten guys, nine guys, eight guys, you know. So this, this is this is Adrian now uh, uh, trying to copy Martin style. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, for those of you who, uh, you know, what, you know what, Johnny, we'll, we'll talk about what you're doing right now, and um, well, we're sharing photos here. Richie sent me this photo. Check out this photo, Victor. Yeah, it's, it's a great picture. That that's Gakko's band. Back in the day, we, you know, a lot of bands would play the, the different show, bro, with, uh, uh, different movie theaters. That uh, There's one in the Bronx at Teatro Puerto Rico on 138th Street. It was one on the 14th Street, the Jefferson. There was one in Brooklyn. There's about four or five of them. And the, they, they would they would hire a band to back up Daniel Santo or, or this singer or this singer, that singer. And that was a band that was backing up one of those shows. And I'm playing conga there, this Caco. Wow. And there's a couple of heavy duties here. There's yeah, Victor Pot there. Victor, yeah. that Ray Maldonado, that's Ricardo Ray's brother right there. Wow. Play Ray Maldonado. Yeah. I want to thank Richie Bastal for sending us this photo from the Richie yeah. Bastal archives, bro. Oh, there's a theater right there, 138. Yeah. Yep. It's the Alto Puerto Rico, which I think now is a, it's a church or something like that. Yeah, it's a church, yes, yes. But that was very popular back in the day, brother. Very popular. Look wow. at that line to get in. Yeah, bro. <laughs> yeah. And that was the thing. 
They, they, you do like three shows a day. They have a, the, the show. You, you take a break. They show a movie, about six cartoons, new mm -hmm. reels, all kind of stuff. And then the show time again, and you come back and do your second show or whatever. You know? Wow. So here's, here's the good news. So, guys, for those inter in, in interested, John Rodriguez gives very special online bongo classes. Bongo congas, congas too, Johnny. Yeah, I have, I have, I have one guy on conga and I have twelve on bongos. Mira wow. Yeah, I'm doing it online via a, an app called Google Duo, which I find works fine. Uh, and I started using Zoom, and Zoom was the uh, was a delay. It was a problem with the sound, and then somebody hit me to Google Duo. My friend, my neighbor, David Romero, and it's working fine, man. So, so I'm doing that, you know, to keep my sanity, you know, uh, I'm still playing a little bit, you know, every day I play a little bit. I'm teaching people all over the world. Today I had my friend uh, in Cali, Colombia. Yesterday I taught a guy in Panama. I have a guy in Buenos Aires. I have a guy in Milan, Italy. Wow. Then I have, then I have a bunch of in the, in the States, uh, New York. I got one in Jersey, in Maryland, Virginia. I got them all over the place. Yeah. Wow. So and that's, it's, that's it's, Johnny's... I never wanted to do this. When I was busy, I didn't want to do it. But my son convinced me to do it, and I'm doing it, and I'm having the ball. I've actually created a little format, and it's really working, you know? Nice. I have a couple of guys that I feel very proud of what I've got them doing, you know? And, so, it, and it's happening. It's happening. You know, between this and, you know, I, I know you're on Facebook, Adrian. Mm -hmm. I've also gone crazy in this last year uh, with my vintage photos. I have this, you know, with my friend David Romero, we have a uh, uh, a, uh, uh, a site called uh, Vintage Photos Afro-Cuban. I forgot what it's called, but it's it it it, it uh, it's a, a place to put photos from 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, and you know, we started off with with a few guys. I think we have six, seven, eight hundred members now. Wow! And and my dear friend Gilberto Santa Rosa. Richie Vastal also. Uh, we have a, a Joe Conzo. It's a, it's a group of about eight, nine guys that were just exchanging photos. And, you know, and it's become a, a great thing because I've met through these photos a couple of historians mm. who know a lot and know more of me and more about things that, that, that I do. I've had pictures that I've seen with bongo players, bongo players, that I never knew who they were. Until a couple of guys now, historians say, Johnny, that's ba 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 ba. He played with ba 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 ba. You know, so it's become a nice thing. So between that and my bongo lessons, I'm keeping my sanity. So if you guys want to take lessons, here's the um the uh. You can put it on the thing. There it goes right there. Okay, yeah. Just reach, send me a message, man. You know, I said, you know, uh, I had I gave lessons today before I saw you today. This guy from Cali, Colombia, very, very nice student. And a guy from Panama yesterday, and it's, it's working on nights. Keeping me busy. And also, Johnny has a signature series on uh, LPmusic.com, which um, is his bongo bell, his signature series bongo bell. And yeah, I have, I have my bongo bag now. I have my bongo, my, my bongos. It's all, it's all under the umbrella dandy uh, signature series. Hmm. I, have two, I have two bells. I made a little lower one, a little higher one. I made a, I, I designed a bongo bag that has a, a wheels. No longer have to carry it like the old days, you know. And uh, and my bongos, which I uh, I've had now for about ten years. 
and they've been very successful. So everything's good. Everything's good. The only thing, I miss the stage, miss the club, and miss so many friends that I've made through all these years, man. I'm dying to travel to Puerto Rico. I'm trying to travel to California, and I have tons of friends all over. Mira, John is also on Instagram. Oh, yeah, and Richie Vassar reminds you that I have a page on Instagram which Richie Vassar put together for me. Because I didn't know how to do that. And we're talking Richie Rastal from the Gran Combo de Puerto Rico, member of the, the Gran Combo for many, many years. So it was a pleasure to have Richie on with us. You know, good friend. Richie, I'll send you the check tomorrow, bro. <laughs> <laughs> guys, if you want to check out the Mambo Legends page that I run, right, Johnny? Yeah. Empire for many, right. many years. Uh, it's, it's on Facebook, the Mambo Legends like page. And it's been a labor of love, let me tell you, because to be around these guys and hear this, you know, that's 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 payment. That's beyond payment. You know, it's something I never forget. And now when I see it more, I'm gonna appreciate it even more because, you know. But um, before we let you go, Johnny, really quick. Yeah, I, yeah, I want to say one thing. You know, hopefully, when this pandemic is over soon, uh, I want to go into the studio. I want to record my little my latest little group, which is called the Dream Team. Uh, which is you know, I was really working a lot with that before before the pandemic. You know, yeah. I want to record that. And also, uh, you know, for the people who don't know, I have we have a, a Mambo Legend uh, album in the can that we recorded four, five years ago. Just haven't had the opportunity to get a good label to help us put it out. But on, on that record that I'm talking about, the uh, Mambo Legends, I have Gilberto Santa Rosa would be on that record. Tito Nieves, Jose Alberto, Eddie Palmieri. I even have Danny Rivera singing the bolero on it. You know, beautiful. A lot of heavy people. So, Check this out, guys, so you can hear a little bit of it. Dale, bro. Yo. Sonando los cueros. Se encaramó arriba del Congo. Los muchachos le están diciendo: suenan los cueros. El perro. Pero que suena, que suena los cueros En pedo Naroco En pedo Naroco Oh yeah, sabroso, sabroso Richie says it's 2014 <laughs> So that's, that's seven years ago then Wow Almost seven years ago. Johnny, we got people coming in from Peru and, and Colombia. I know. That's my, that's, that, that, those are my friends, man. Those are my friends. And that's my student, David Yuka. Okay, oh, chévere. Yeah, that's my student, man. You know? Saludo. Richie recorded that album, the, that song with Tito Nieves. Mm. Oh, Palladium is calling, bro. Yeah, that's my, that's my, my family calling me to go have dinner. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> Same thing with Broadway, bro. Yeah. Well, we will... We, 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 Listen to this, listen to this, bro. Keep it tito. Yeah, I love you, bro. Swinging, swinging, swinging. Serious, man. Oh.
Tenían la llave, tenían la llave del sublime. It's a bad stuff, man. It is. It is. Man. Yeah, that's why you know, Adrian. You know, we can't give this record away. You know, we gotta wait for the right person. You know, yeah, who, who appreciates what what's in there. You know, yeah. So, guys, this has been Mambo in the City Salsa Podcast with the great Johnny Rodriguez. Because no hay de otra. I mean, what a, what a, what an honor and right, pleasure. Let me say hello to my my biggest fan. Carlos Santa, te quiero. What's up, Carlos? What's up, kid? Hiya. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so um, I will never forget this. And thank you so much, Johnny Rodriguez, for thank you, bro. Thank you for taking us on, you, on, 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 on a mental trip. Just put, somebody just wrote, this is the longest show you ever had. <laughs> the longest, Izzy, yeah. Izzy, Izzy, Izzy Rodriguez says, this is the longest show you ever had. <laughs> I go, it is, and it's, as you know, what is it? It's one of the classics, man. I mean, come on. Celia okay, Cruz stories. Guys, it's been my pleasure, you know. I mean, uh, I'm here. You know, I appreciate what you guys are doing. And you guys are keeping this music alive, brother, you know. We need more guys like you, okay? So from thank the bottom you. of my heart, thank you. Thank you, thank you for having me. Johnny okay. Rodriguez, El Dangi. Thank you so thank much. You, El Dangi. I'm leaving you guys. Thank you, man. Take care. Peace. Okay.